The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by PixWise. PixWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks. Visit PixWise.com to make your next bet better. Also brought to you by Odds Crowd. Are you the best football better in the United States? Odds Crowd challenges you to prove it. They're free to play. Fantasy betting contest over $30,000 up for grabs over the season. Go to oddscrowd.com to sign up today. And of course, last but not least, don't forget to download the SGPN app. SGPN is giving you a chance to win $100,000 NFL Week 1 exclusively on the SGPN app. And welcome, everyone, to a Tuesday edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This is your host, ZB, joined day after Labor Day by Munaf. Munaf, how are you, bro? How was your weekend? It was great, man. I know we were talking offline about college football kicking off this weekend. Um, some pretty good games. You know, we were talking about Georgia Clemson. Uh, not really impressed with some of the the marquee quarterbacks. I think, you know, we were saying that it's going to be a down year. But, uh, yeah, that Georgia-Clemson game, that was a dogfight. And then the uh, game yesterday on Monday night, the Notre Dame and Florida State, that was a pretty good game, too, if you like points. But overall, man, football's back. But you and I, we're still going to be, and along with Scott, uh, Dan, and uh, uh, Ryan McKee, we're going to be grinding away on the NBA. We're getting close. Yeah, I think I think McKee's finally starting to come out, you know, come out and back into society after the Suns, you know, took a lot, <laughs> took it out in the finals. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, I, I that definitely um, with college football, I definitely love uh, quarterbacks. And I think that's one of my favorite parts of sports, probably just analyzing that position and definitely thought that this could be a down year for those guys. Um, that was kind of my takeaway from the for the first year or the first week. But big sports weekend last weekend, tour championships, Solheim Cup, uh, college football week one, now NFL week one. What do you got going on for NFL week one this week, Munaf? Yeah, we got an NFL prop cast recording with uh, Dan and myself. Um, we'll be recording tomorrow night for NFL game one, Thursday, which is the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. Uh, we'll have some player props for that. Um, and then we'll be recording again over the weekend sometime for NFL week one player props, but we had just finished uh, breaking down every single division with our win total predictions. uh, And more importantly, season long player props, put up a couple of articles on the website at sports gambling podcast.com between uh, my favorite player props for the season. And then also NFL awards. So definitely check those things out, but uh, yeah, NFL kicks off this week, man. I'm excited. Hell yeah! And I, I did. Uh, I did. I, t- I tailed you on the Mets yesterday. Oh, <laughs> don't get me started, man. Moon off the, the king of uh, of three sports and more. Uh, so football, baseball, and basketball coming back up. Plan for today. We're going to get into the Central Division. Uh, recap some of their seasons. Look at some win totals. So 
Um, should be a fun episode. A lot of fun teams in this division, including a couple that we might disagree on. Any news that caught your eye? I know we saw uh, Paul Millsap and LaMarcus Aldridge return yeah. to the Nets. Um, DeAndre Jordan headed to the Lakers. Uh, I'll shout out Kata Bates. Diop just signed with a two-year deal with the Spurs. <laughs> Woj just hit that with the bomb. <laughs> um, any of those moves catch your eye? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, obviously the, let's start with the great news of Aldridge back on the basketball court, you know, after having yeah, a, a yeah. health scare, I think that's great to have him back uh, in the game of basketball because, you know, when he was with Portland, even with San Antonio, he was a great player, just a knockdown shooter from that mid range. And uh, for him to be able to be back on the court with the Brooklyn Nets, I think uh, that that's a positive thing. Uh, and then I think the Paul Millsap, uh, I know you're the Denver fan. I'll get your thoughts on it also, but um, I think that's a pretty good signing. I mean, you're getting some veterans, uh, in that locker room with the Brooklyn Nets, some great depth. I think Paul Millsap is a guy that can still definitely contribute for you off the bench, or if he's going to start, uh, we'll wait to see how that kind of shakes out. But now you have Blake Griffin, Paul Millsap, and uh, LaMarcus Aldridge in that front court. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who's going to start at that uh, center position for the Brooklyn Nets team. But, um, yeah, they added some good depth around, obviously, your big three with Kyrie, KD, and uh, James Harden. Yeah, definitely a shout out to Lamarcus Aldridge for him coming back healthy. That's awesome. And, and Paul Millsap, I think, like you said, is going to be a really good signing for the Nets. Yeah, they're just so deep right now. I mean, this team has so many options, literally at every position. You know, you bring in Javon Carter, you bring in Patty Mills, um, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, um, KD, obviously, and then they have all these options at big. They can play so many different ways. James Johnson, Paul Millsap, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, Nick Claxton, someone I think could definitely be a candidate to make a leap this year. Yeah. Also getting Sekou Dumboya um, in that trade with the Pistons. He's a guy who showed he could play a little bit, maybe small ball, small ball center, Bruce Brown, um, and even some of these young guys, Cameron Thomas, especially Flash in Summer League. So this is a team that can go you know, 12, 13 deep, manage uh the, the load for all three of these superstars obviously kd has played a ton of picked up a ton of miles uh yep. in the playoffs and then pl going right to being the star for the olympics yep um so i just like what they did they have a ton of depth and like you said i mean it's gonna be interesting who's gonna start who's gonna sit and they will have to you know i think everyone kind of knew that going in right like i don't think paul Millsap came here expecting to play 32 minutes a night um but you know all, him, Blake, and LaMarcus Aldridge, all former All-Stars, they can't all be on the floor at the same time. Realistically, only one of them you know, can be on the floor at, at, at a given time. Maybe, maybe two with Millsap and his shooting, but yeah. um, I, I like what they did, uh, you know, and, and, and I think they had a good offseason. Now it just comes down to staying healthy as we move through the season. Um, anything about DeAndre Jordan to the Lakers? I mean, he's another body for them. You yeah. know, is, 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 is he better or worse than Dwight at this stage? I, I would probably take Dwight over him. So maybe yeah. probably won't play too much. Yeah. And I think that, you know, for him to obviously be leaving the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, that, that was a position that they really needed, but you know, DeAndre Jordan's not a guy that's going to give you, he's not that guy that was, he was with uh, when he was with the LA Clippers, obviously, but like you mentioned, I would take Dwight Howard over uh, DeAndre Jordan also. I mean, if he can come off the bench and give you, I don't, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes a night uh, for the Lakers and kind of, you know, uh, be that stopgap type of guy, I, I think that 
you know, on a cheap minimum contract, what was it? 2.6 million of uh, the veterans yeah. minimum. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's a, it's a good piece to have on the end of your bench if one of your bigs does get hurt, but I mean, it doesn't really move. doesn't really move the needle for the LA Lakers. I mean, when you already have Russ, uh, Anthony Davis and uh, LeBron James on, on your team, but I, I do like the pieces that they did acquire, but uh, yeah, as far as DeAndre Jordan, not a guy that's really going to move the needle for you. Yeah, and some other news that came through in the past week or so. Um, Clint Capella agrees to an extension yeah. in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they they continue to lock in their younger core. Um, what else? I mean, Marquise Chris, my guy, gets a, <laughs> uh, gets a deal with the Blazers. Maybe we'll there be able go. to get some uh, comeback player of the year there. Um, Michael Porter Jr. talking with the Nuggets about uh, an extension. So that we had that on the monitor. We mentioned that. Um did also want to get your take. I mean, Ben Simmons now, it seems like he's officially requested a trade from Philly and doesn't plan to report into camp. What, what, what's your take? I mean, I honestly, I don't blame Ben Simmons for this. I, I think that they kind of forced him out the door when they threw him under the bus after that series loss to the Hawks with, you know, Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers both kind of taking thinly veiled shots at Ben directly after that game. I feel like they kind of made this situation untenable and, and for him to want out. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, go ahead. I mean, you're right that, you know, with, with the comments that Embiid and, and Doc Rivers had after the game, but I mean, this guy just didn't show up for them when they needed him the most, right. When you're supposed to be one of the main guys right after Joel Embiid on this team. I mean, when you pass up a wide open dunk, I mean, that kind of tells you where his confidence was at maybe all of last season. I mean, who knows if he's dealing with something personal, but whatever the case might be, um, maybe it's a Kardashian curse that he's still dealing with, but um, <laughs> it, it almost seems like that he's kind of playing the victim card to me. And I think that you kind of have to own it, own up Ooh. to how bad you played. And I, I, and when I read the report that he said, well, he doesn't have any contact with the Sixers. He doesn't want anything to do with them. I think the Sixers don't want anything to do with Ben Simmons. I mean, I don't think he's a guy that's going to be – he's not a, a number two type of guy that's going to lead you to a conference title appearance or even an NBA Finals appearance. I think he's more of a number three type of guy on a roster because his his the ability for him to shoot a jump shot when it's a jump shooting league, he doesn't really have one, right? He's a guy that's going to finish around the rim, maybe facilitate your offense. Excellent defensive player. There's no doubt about that, but – um you know, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way when he's kind of playing that victim card. Um, I think the criticism is right by Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid. You also remember, man, he's in Philadelphia. That's one of the the roughest yeah. fan bases and media, uh, a media like New York uh, that that that's gonna give it to their players. So I'm not sure if that's something that he couldn't handle, whatever the case might be. But um, it'll be interesting to see where he lands. I think uh, I saw that Portland. Uh, Portland, Toronto, and I think there was another team I just forgot that were that were the most rumored to get Ben Simmons. But you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely, I'm definitely gonna be on Ben Simmons' side in this, and <laughs> I think I'm I think I'm I'm very high on Ben Simmons and the and the, and the prospects for the future of his career. Once he gets out of Philly, I think I've said this before. I think that Philly, the Philly looking weird on offense is not just related to Ben. I I think that will be, that will be an interesting test case. You know, if they do get rid of Ben Simmons, 
Are yep. they going to be like a normal team offensively? Are they going to run high pick and roll with Joel and and a point guard? You know, is Tobias Harris going to you know rediscover some of his scoring pop? Like, will all that happen when Ben leaves? I personally don't think so. Um, other teams that are rumored are Minnesota, Sacramento, yeah. Cleveland. So some, maybe some younger teams. I think that could be a really exciting prospect for Ben Simmons. I, and you look at the playoff resume and and the Sixers, other than 2020 where Ben Simmons was injured, they got swept by the Celtics. He's been in the playoffs 2018, 2019, and 2021. Mm. In the first in the first round of all three of those years, he put up phenomenal playoff numbers. Uh, 2018 Eastern Conference first round, 18 points, 11 rebounds, nine assists. First round in 2019, 17 points, seven rebounds, eight assists. And the first round this year, people forget he averaged 15, 10, and nine in that series against the Wizards. Um, but then you jump to the second round each year, and, and those numbers drop drastically. Um, and, and then obviously this year, averaging 10 points, six boards, nine assists in that series against the Hawks. Still pretty incredible numbers, but not what we're expecting from Ben Simmons. Um, I think obviously you zoned in on the shooting aspect of it. That definitely it was indefensible, the lack of willingness to shoot. But I think that for Ben in Philly, it for it. it the deeper they got in the playoffs, this offense just could not figure out a way to be functional with him on the floor. Um, yeah. It will be. It remains to be seen if that's if that's the case or not. But I, I, I'm excited for the idea of him getting out. And you know, I look at a team like Oklahoma City or Cleveland or Minnesota or, or you know maybe even a Portland if they were to involve Dame Lillard in that trade. I think Ben Simmons is a guy who could really use going to a smaller market, like you said. Yeah. Um, playing with a younger team, less expectations, and kind of try to build it back up yeah. into a new playoff team. I think you know he needs a break from this super intense championship expectations. Right. Joel Embiid in his prime. Doc Rivers is your coach. I mean, you can't get any more high stakes than that in the NBA. So definitely looking forward to seeing what will happen there. Obviously, is another incident with uh, – not an incident, but a, a, another situation developing with, cl- with Clutch Sports and Rich Paul. Yeah. And they've – proven to be a very powerful player in these types of situations. And, you know, you got to respect what they've done to get their players what they want. Now facing off against Daryl Morey, it is going to be a fascinating chess match to follow in in Philadelphia. Yeah. And I think that the time is kind of ticking for the front office of these Philadelphia 76ers because, you know, we're going to start training camp very, very soon here. And obviously you want a guy like Ben Simmons to be in training camp with his new teammates, wherever, wherever he ends up. But, um, yeah, I think the days of Ben Simmons in Philadelphia are officially over. Yeah, and and obviously it seems like Daryl Morey really just wants to get Damian Lillard. Um, and, yeah, and that, that's not going to happen. And, and it's not going to – I mean, I think it could happen if you throw in more than Ben, if you obviously bring in yeah. bring in more of the, of the future. Um, obviously, Rich Paul also wants to get Tyrese Maxey out of Philly as well, was also part of that report. Okay. Um, so and he's another clutch, she's another clutch sports client. Yep. So maybe mm-hmm. that could be an additional piece in a trade. Um, but very fascinating there. Anything else before we get to the central division here, Munaf? No, that's it. All right, let's take a quick break here, and then we'll come back and we'll start off with the Milwaukee Bucks. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast run by WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more 
Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. For boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win, ready to play. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free, $500 sports bet. Download BetWin. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go check out the new PropSwap.com, which is packed with fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available, browsing the activity feed to stay in the know, and a loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash and much more. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match it up to $500. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win. In order to make money, it just needs to improve. When making your bets, always make sure to go for two, make two tickets on the same team or player, so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day, so get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, coming back off the break, Munaf, do you have win total numbers up for this division? I do, yeah. I have it. All right. So let's start off with the Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously, the reigning NBA champions finally yep. figured it out. Solid regular season, end up as a three seed. What is their win total headed the next year, Mona? Uh, we're looking at 54 and a half, uh, slight minus 115 juice to the over. Sorry, I lost it for a second. What did you say? Uh, uh, 54 and a half, uh, juice to the over. Okay, and obviously a uh, a fifth, not obviously at all, but you know, according to ESPN, a fifty six win team back in, in 2019-20 when they got the one seed ended up obviously not winning the championship that that year. Mm-hmm. Um, come back, sacrificed a little bit in the regular season, and it ended up paying off. How do you feel about them headed into the regular season next year? I mean, I, th- I think I, they proved themselves as a playoff team, but what do you think about the prospects of them to win a ton of games next year? Yeah, I mean, they're pretty much returning the same uh, roster. I mean, they lost, obviously, P.J. Tucker that they picked up at the trade deadline. Um, and then also Breen Forbes, I think, was the other departure for this team. But, yep. uh, again, I think the uh, – get your take on this also is that I think the uh, acquisition of Grayson Allen is kind of underrated. That wasn't really talked about in the NBA because when it's this guy is on the floor, I mean, I think all they're going to do is going to ask him to shoot three point shots. That's all you need to get from him and make him at a yep. consistent, uh, at a consistent rate. So I think that was a pretty good, uh, uh, trade acquisition for the Milwaukee bucks. Semi Ojale, I think is another guy that maybe they want to bring on to fill that PJ Tucker role for them. A uh, younger guy, a guy that can also knock down the, the knock down a three point shot, uh, rebound the basketball for you. And then add a, uh, they got George Hill back as your backup point guard and then also added Rodney hood. So, you know, we've talked about numerous times that Milwaukee Bucks are a great regular season team. Um, right now, if I had to, uh, to uh, make a pick, I would probably stay with the over on this team, even though the Eastern Conference, I think, got a lot better with some of these n- another team in this division. Obviously, you had the Brooklyn Nets. Um, you know, we talked about how Philadelphia may take a step back, but I think Milwaukee is going to be right up there as a top two, top three seed for sure. And, and uh, you know, having that continuity and getting the same roster back pretty much, I think that's going to bode well for Coach Bud and the roster for this uh, Milwaukee Bucks team. 
Yeah, I think the worry here is obviously some sort of championship hangover. Sure. Um, something like that. And, and what they proved in the playoffs still to me kind of applies in the playoffs, although I do think they still can be a great regular season team. Getting Dante DiVincenzo back, that'll be yeah. big. Um, that kind of, I think, cancels out some of the P.J. Tucker. And, and P.J. Tucker was more of a playoff player anyways. Uh, so that loss on the win total, not going to hurt you too much. Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, guys that did play for Team USA, and they took on a lot of miles in the playoffs as well. So that can be something to monitor early in the season. Is Are we going to see a MVP-type season from Giannis Antetokounmpo next year? You know, some people vault him to being the best player in the NBA after, you know, a championship run like that. Sure. I personally wouldn't consider it in that fashion, but yeah. um, is Giannis going to get back to that you know, absolutely dominant regular season player that he has been throughout his career. I think the question for me is, does he have to be that player now? Right. I think they kind of got that monkey off their back by winning the championship uh, last season. But Giannis is a a, definitely a top five player in this league. I wouldn't put him as high as number two. I think it's it's Kevin Durant and, you know, we could get into that discussion later, but um I think the acquisition of having Drew Holiday on this roster kind of took away some of the things that Giannis does well, right? Defensively rebounding also the guy that Drew Holiday does. Um, The question is, is that Drew Holiday and Chris Milton going to have enough uh, rest under their belts because they were a, the two, three players that went straight from the NBA finals along with Devin Booker straight to Tokyo to be with team USA. And, you know, Drew Holiday was a guy that played significant minutes for Team USA along with Chris Middleton. So um, we, we, we talk about, you know, having a shortened offseason and is that really going to catch up to, you know, those two players because those are your two, two of your three best players, right? And I think that, like you mentioned, getting David Chinzo back and Grayson Allen, and I think this is going to be a season, at least early on, where they're going to need their bench depth or, or their bench guys to really step up if they're going to win games uh, for, for this team going to next season. Yeah, so we're going over on this win total? I would go, yeah. I, I still have to stay with it. I mean, when you have those three guys with Drew Holiday, Chris Milton, and Giannis, I, I, I think that, you know, we talked about how they're a good regular season team, I would say, with the over 54.5 at this point. Yeah, and, and playoff seating will definitely matter a 100%. lot next season, and, yeah. and that's going to be interesting to follow. If, it, if, it, if we get a Nets-Bucks playoff series next year, what's your prediction as of right now? If everybody's healthy? or Everybody's healthy, yeah. Oh, I, yeah you got to go with the Nets, right? I mean, I think they probably had that sour taste in their mouth that they were a Kevin Durant two inches or an inch behind the line away from getting to the yep. Eastern Conference Finals. And then, obviously, you got to remember Kyrie. I mean, you're going to have a healthy Kyrie. You're going to have a healthy James Harden. And then, you know, the, the depth that we talked about earlier in the episode – with Paul Millsap, Blake Griffin. I mean, I, I think that the depth for the Nets is probably better than the Milwaukee Bucks. But I think when you have those three, that big three for the Nets and the ability for them to score, I think that may be too much for the Bucks uh, next season, assuming health, everybody's healthy. Yeah, part of me thinks that the Bucks did unlock even more in the finals. Okay. But that that was probably to me, and and I I still would pick the Nets as well, probably in seven games. I think the Bucks 
I've never seen them play better and Giannis look better than they did in the finals, which is kind of after that series against the Nets. I think in that series, they were still kind of finding themselves. And I think it, the injuries to the Nets kind of allowed them to find themselves. Um, they end up kind of getting over the hump in that series. Um, and then it, late in that series against the Suns, I mean, we even saw Giannis go, well, like 17 of 20 from the free throw line in a closeout game. They, yeah. they just really seemed, seemed like they really matured throughout those playoffs and became a full version of themselves late in the finals, which is the perfect time to do it, obviously. Yeah. So I wonder if they take some sort of leap in terms of their kind of toughness and, and confidence and, and it, do they see themselves as the best team in the league? Or are they still kind of like, okay, we got our thing going, but you know, the Lakers and that's Clippers still out there. It'd be interesting to kind of see their mindset coming into the season, but I would probably lean over on the win total as well. Yeah. We were to take it to Indiana. Disappointing season for them last year, 34 and 38. Miss out on the playoffs, although they did get that nine spot in the play in. Now, bringing Rick Carlisle as a head coach, full year of healthy Karis Levert. This team was not healthy at all last year, rarely played with their full cadre of guys. Also, had kind of seemed like locker room chaos with their yeah. new coach, Nate Bjorkman, not really working out. Now he's gone after one year. Bring in Rick Carlisle, who, although you know, obviously lost his job in Dallas, is is known as one of the best coaches in the reg- in the NBA. Yep. Um, win total set at forty two and a half, so just a game over five hundred. I think I'm all in on Indiana as kind of a post hype sleeper. Moon up, where, where are you at? Yeah, I think stability is is the name of the game for the Indiana Pacers right now. We've talked about. Last season where they had, I think, the coaching issue and and or the turmoil in the locker room, we saw there was some type of argument on the sidelines in one of their games with one of their yep. assistant coaches. And now you bring in a familiar face, right? Rick Carlisle was with his organization before he went over to Dallas. Um, and again, like you mentioned, Zach, that this team is going to be healthy going into the season, right? You're going to get a Karis LeVert that's going to be healthy. You're going to get TJ Warren back that's going to be healthy. Um, and then you still have Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon on this roster, along with Miles Turner. And then they added our guy, Chris Duarte, to this um, to this roster. So I think that yeah. having that backup point guard uh, on this team, I think is going to be great. And then they also added Isaiah Jackson uh, via the draft. So, um, I mean, I think that they have enough to get over this number. We're pretty much asking them to play 500 basketball for the season. And I think – just a pure coaching upgrade from Nate Bjorkgren to Rick Carla, I think is significant. I don't, I'm not sure you know where you kind of stand with that. Definitely, I think that Rick Carla comes in, and I think he can take this team to the next level. Yes. Seems like a very kind of mature team. Obviously, Malcolm Brogdon, you know, just elected to the executive committee of the Players Association. Karis LeVert, we know what he's been through. Uh, Miles Turner, I mean, a lot of guys who have – are on the younger side, but have kind of seen some things in the NBA. I think that'll mesh well with a really professional coach like Rick Carlisle, yeah. uh, just a really solid dude. And he's someone who maybe gets an old school rap, but we saw how much he was willing to put the ball in Luka Doncic's hands. I think sure. this could be huge for Karis LeVert. Yeah. As he started to get healthy last year, he looked like a guy who could be a big time player. Love the fit of him as an on ball guy, you know, with Malcolm Brogdon, who can play some point guard, also play off ball. Hopefully you get TJ Warren back healthy. Mm. The big question remains the the Sabonis Turner pairing in the front court. But they've been able to put up numbers, Sabonis obviously especially, but the pairing has never truly worked 
do we finally come to a head on that situation? And they've both been in trade rumors in the past. Yeah. Uh, have we kind of come to the point where they got to pick one or the other here? I think at the trade deadline, maybe Miles Turner is gone from this roster because hmm. number one, I think that you you go back to look at the stats from last season. Indiana was one of the was the worst team defending the paint last season. They gave up wow. an average of fifty four points inside the paint, uh, dead last in the NBA. So I think that's where kind of Rick Carl has to come in and and improve that and i think that if they're able to do that um you know they're gonna that's automatically gonna get you to some more wins and obviously health is the biggest thing but you know going back to your question i, I think that's one of the challenges that rick carlisle is going to have going into the season is figuring out how do you have how do you work with miles turner and sabonis on the offensive side because sabonis is a guy that pretty much works inside the paint scoring the basketball and miles Turner is a guy that likes that take that three point shot, you know, kind of, it's a stretch guy. You can say maybe, but that's, you know, one thing that they're going to have to figure out. I love the scoring power on this team, but I think defensively it's where it's got to start for the Indiana Pacers. Yeah. The two big pairing is also tough on defense because miles Turner is rim protector and then yeah. forces Sabonis probably have to guard some smaller players in the perimeter. That's not going to go great for him. Right. Um, but in terms of, Indiana, just as a franchise, they've been very stable to me. Uh, and you mentioned the word stability as well. They've been a solid, like, fourth through seventh team in the East um, for what feels like a decade. And, you know, to me, you have the down year last year. Kind of curious here. They went 13 and 23 at home uh, yeah. and 21 and 15 on the road. I mean, you, you really don't see that, uh, you know, probably – not much to take away from that, but you know, if they can get better at home, obviously, and keep it on the road, uh, they can get much better quickly. But to me, I just see this as an over 500 team, a lot of sure. talent on this team. Um, five guys who like could make an all star team in their in their starting lineup, uh, between Levert, Brogdon, TJ Warren's a guy who prior to his foot injury was looking like a completely new player, uh, totally rejuvenated Indiana, Sabonis. Um, Miles Turner. So if Rick Carlisle can get the most out of this team, off you know you do lose Doug McDermott off your bench. You, you bring back Justin Holiday. Yep. TJ McC McConnell comes back, guy who can be really key in the regular season. Uh, kind of man that second unit, handle some point guard duty. So I like what this team has, and to me, at forty two and a half, this is, might be one of my favorite plays on the board. Very similar to how much I like the Utah Jazz last year kind of that super solid team maybe has one down year and then, you know, to come back the next year and, and get and find their level again. I'm very high on this Indiana team going into next year. And I also think they could be a candidate to maybe slide in and enter into a Ben Simmons trade or something like that. They, they, they do have a lot of cooks in the kitchen yeah. offensively, and they could be a team that's a candidate for a consolidation trade to put more of that shot creation into one person's hand. I think Karis LeVert, Whatever market you want to get down on him, him on, I think he could have a really big season. Uh, maybe a comeback player of the year type, you know, coming off his cancer diagnosis, or yeah. even even a complete MVP long shot. I mean, this is a guy I think could be really dynamic with the ball in his hands, um, and I think Indiana's going to be really good. So definitely love this over forty two and a half. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head about this team has to be better on on their home floor, and I think up and down this whole division, except for the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks were the only team in this division that had a winning record on their home floor. <clears throat> now, is that a case of because we didn't have fans early on in the season and they were missing the fans? 
that's a, a possibility. But if we're kind of going back all the way to the 2016-2017 season, the Indiana Pacers were 29 and uh, 12 at home uh, in that season, going forward 27 and 14, uh, 29 and 12, and then uh, 25 and 11. So maybe, you know, how much can we put into, I guess, the home and road splits last year because of the whole COVID situation going on with fans not being there and things like that, but um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I do like this over. I would like it better at a 41 and a half just because if they got to, you know, 42 and 40 or something like that, um, or even they played 500 ball, I think that's what we're kind of asking them to do. And they have the talent, like you just said, Zach, with, with Karis LeVert, TJ Warren, Sabonis, you know, Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, I, I think I, I'm just kind of harped on that, that the situation of from going from a coach that wasn't really respected or the players didn't buy into what he was trying to do last season. Now going over to Rick Carlisle, which is one of the more respected head coach, one of the more successful coaches, at least in the regular season. I think that's really going to bode well for the Indiana Pacers. So, uh, yeah, this is one of the teams that we're probably more excited for in the Eastern Conference. Uh, you know, maybe getting a five or six seed in in the Eastern Conference, which was going to be exciting to see. Yeah, how how would you compare Indiana to New York, Washington, Chicago, Toronto? I, I think I like Indiana better than all those teams. Yeah, I think that you know Chicago. We'll get into Chicago here in a second, but yep. Um, God, it's tough because they're the talent that they did acquire did the Chicago Bulls. Um, it might take a little bit for them to kind of gel together and and find that chemistry with each other. Because again, we have to remember that Vucevic was acquired at the trade deadline, so he really hasn't had time to play with the other guys. But with the Pacers, um, you know, Sabonis and Turner have been playing with each other for seasons and and now Karis LeVert we saw him back on the floor last uh I think toward the tail end of the year here's at and TJ Warren has been there too so um I would probably go yeah I, I would probably go with the Pacers because I think the biggest question mark still for me in this Eastern Conference is that Toronto Raptors team but yeah um yeah I would probably take the Indiana Pacers over the teams that you just mentioned yeah next week we should do a uh like ranking slotting in each team 16th to first in each conference yeah um predicting the conference rankings yep. we'll definitely do that anything else on the Pacers I mean I, I think I got this out there really high that's win total uh not not seeing a number to make the playoffs but definitely would uh would be on that as well yeah I think this said if you I think you know with injuries and things like that I think this might be what the win totals that I may want to jump on right now before the market moves on this team uh, I would probably see this number going increasing versus decreasing for the Pacers Plus eight fifty to win the division. Uh, not not with not not when you have Milwaukee there. Uh, yeah, Milwaukee at minus one thousand. Yeah, I think that maybe. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't want to mess with that. Maybe uh, make the playoffs number would be interesting. What that once that comes out, I think yeah. that might be some. Oh, actually, I do see here. Let me see if we can find it for the Pacers. Um, and it's at minus one seventy five. I don't hate it at that number. I I like that. Yeah. Um, the no is at plus one forty five, but I, I think that this team is primed with the players and the talent that they have, along with the head coach, that they can make the playoffs for sure in the Eastern Conference. 
Sounds good. With that, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back to the rest of this division. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast, presented by PicksWise. PicksWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks, props, and parlays helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatics, giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction for every game, every day, and every sport, all for free. Visit PicksWise.com to make your next bet better. PicksWise backs responsible gambling. If you or someone you know wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLING. We're also brought to you by Prize Picks. Turn your picks into real cash with Prize Picks, my favorite daily fantasy app. It's fast and it's easy, and it all starts with Prize Picks. Simply pick two to five players and decide if they will go over or under their stat projection. The more players you pick, the more you can win up to 10 times your money. Prize Picks is the only way I play. Use promo code SGP to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That's prize picks, promo code SGP. All right, coming back off the break, a team that went 31-41 and 41 last year, the Chicago Bulls, missed the playoffs, obviously, but completely revamped their team over this offseason and, and I guess last season as well, bringing Nikola Vucevic. Not really much to take away from that pairing last year. He came in really late. Zach Levine missed time. Zach Levine's back, obviously. Bring in Lonzo Ball. Bring in DeMar DeRozan. Bring in Alex Caruso. Billy Donovan's still at the helm, but major expectations now in Chicago for a rapid improvement. Win total is at? 42.5, just like the Pacers. 42.5. So they're putting them right next to each other. Um I think I think it's an interesting question as opposed to you, you know, Indiana versus Chicago. I think I'm higher on Indiana. Mm-hmm. Do you want to make the case for Chicago? I think for Chicago, uh, I love the talent that they acquired, right? The significant roster turnover. And now you add two players like Lonzo and DeMar DeRozan that kind of, at least DeMar DeRozan is a guy that can kind of take that scoring pressure off of Zach Levine, he doesn't have to go out every single night, drop 25, 30, and 40 points that he was doing. Um, but I, I think the bigger question for me is that is Zach Levine going to be able to buy into what they're trying to do now? Because it almost seems like sometimes like he wants to be the guy on this team. But when you acquired, you know, those two guys, along with Derek Jones Jr., I think to help him on the defensive end. This is another team that struggled on the defensive end last year, and I think that's where really Donovan's really going to have to focus on this team to significantly improve on that end. You know, we know Nikola Vucevic is not the greatest defender in the post, uh, great rebounder, but at least defensively, it's it's not there for him. And then you add a top uh, guard defender like Lonzo Ball, um, if they're able to buy in on the defensive end, I think this is a team that that you know again will be right up there with the Pacers, and I think the odds maker are putting that. Playing devil's advocate, I'll I'll be the guy that takes Chicago here uh, in a set if they matched up in a seven game series. Um, no, I just I, I like what the GM did for the for the Chicago Bulls, right? And you know, there's a significant roster turnover for them, but it, it's talent that he brought in to build around you know Lonzo Ball and Nikola Vucevic. And you know, we talked we we were high on Vucevic last year on player props in our NBA Slack channel, um, and if he's yeah. able to continue that for the bulls. And then if DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine and Lonzo ball are able to figure out the perimeter for this team, I think this is a big task for Billy Donovan. My question to you is, do you think Billy Do- Billy Donovan is the guy for this job in this roster? 
Billy Donovan is someone who relatively unproven as an NBA coach, obviously has gone far with the thunder, hasn't yeah. gotten a, a ring or anything like that. You know, probably a mid tier coach. To me, the question, like you said, is defensively, I mean, with Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, that's three, you know, minus defenders in that starting five, putting a lot of weight on the shoulders of Lonzo Ball and Patrick Williams, someone we haven't mentioned. He's yeah. a really nice young player for this team that, you know, is going to be expected to make a big leap soon. Uh, for, for Billy Donovan, I, you know, he's going to have to figure out offensively how to get this team to play together. Uh, different styles, guys who all kind of have a unique style unto themselves, right? Lonzo. Yeah. Definitely plays a certain way. DeMar DeRozan, obviously, and, and at Vooch as well. All guys that really like to play a certain way have had teams play in their way uh, in the past, and they're going to have to come together and figure something out that works for everybody, including Zach Levine. And you you, you said Zach Levine needs to buy into this team. My question to you, I mean, is, the, is this even Zach Levine's team? Like, it, is Zach Levine a bona fide alpha on this team? I think he's obviously by far the best player on this team, in, in my eyes at least. Um, I think Zach Levine's phenomenal. But yeah. it doesn't seem to me like he's necessarily the complete alpha of this team, and, and there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen when it comes to that regard. And I think that it's tough, right, because when you bring over a guy like DeMar DeRozan, now what is DeMar DeRozan? is going to be between, obviously, DeRozan and Levine, and comes down to, like, the final 10 seconds, you need a game-winning shot. Who are you giving the ball to? Is it going to be Levine or is it going to be DeMar DeRozan? And for me, I think because DeMar DeRozan is, has, has that clutch gene to him, he has that ability to close out games and make those clutch shots, I wouldn't necessarily say um, that it would be DeMar DeRozan's team. I think that because Levine is still a young guy and it has a lot of talent and is definitely an all-star player, I think you kind of want to build around him. I don't think he's signed an extension yet with this team, has he? He hasn't. Yeah, so, I mean, who knows? He might still be moved. Or You're mute. Oh, God. He, he, he might still be moved. So, I mean, we'll see what happens um, with the Chicago Bulls team. But I think first, for before we identify an alpha, I think that they kind of need to figure out how they're going to play together. Because like you mentioned, Zach, that they have so many different styles of how they play basketball. It's about, you know, building that cohesion and building that chemistry and how well they're going to play together. Yeah, and got rid of a couple of their veteran leaders, Garrett Temple, Thad Young. They're a kind of a yeah. new team. And and I, and I think Zach Levine is the unquestioned best player on this team. Is But in terms of the leadership of this team, exactly. Um, you know, is, is that Vooch? Is that DeMar Rosen? Or, or is that Zach Levine? Word was that Zach Levine was involved in these offseason moves that he endorsed bringing in all three of these guys, uh, okay. you know, in, La- in Lonzo DeRozan and, and Vooch. So that could be a good sign in, in terms of the buy and that you're looking for in terms of the win total. I think offensively, they could be great defensively. Yeah. They, they could be terrible. Where are you at with, with this 42 and a half number? Uh, I know you said you might take them over the pages in a playoff series. Yeah, and just kind of going back to the defensive numbers that we were quickly talking about, I, you know, they, they weren't uh, as bad as I thought they were. I mean, they were number seven in uh, opponent team point, opponent three-point uh, percentage uh, overall defensive efficiency. I believe they were in the top half of the league. They were number, uh, number 12. So, um, it, it, again, it, it's just about 
you know, being better on the defensive end because we talked about how great the offense can be with these type of guys that they brought in. Um, yeah, I'll lean with the over on this team, uh, 42 and a half. I just think that there's too much talent for them not to exceed being a game or two better than 500. So, I mean, yeah, we know the Eastern Conference is loaded, but I think the rest of this division is not as great um, as I think these three teams that we just discussed. But I'll, I'll lean with the over on the Chicago Bulls. I think I'm a bit more skeptical. I would probably lean under. Uh, not a not a strong of a play for me as Indiana. Yeah. I think they will be right in the thick of it with the Hornets, maybe the Knicks. Uh, there's just a ton of teams. They're definitely excited to kind of stack all these teams up against each other. Um, how about a number for them to make the playoffs? Do you got that? Yeah, give me one second here. All right, to make the playoffs for the Chicago Bulls, the yes is at minus 165. The no at plus 130. I would, I would go with no there. I'm the plus just money. for pure value, right? And I think that yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that that one thing that because like just not like Indiana because Indiana has guys that's been have been on this roster and you know some of these guys have played together. The Chicago Bulls have players that you brought in that haven't really played together, right? And and I think it might at least in the beginning of the season it might take some time for them to kind of go through the growing pains of playing together, and that those couple losses there may at the end of the season where it's going to matter where we're kind of sweating out some of these win totals might be where it kind of catches up to them because they haven't had that cohesion and playing together. But um, I, I just, again, like I said, because of the talent, I, I, I think I can buy in on the Chicago Bulls team. Yeah. And they're out. They're out multiple first round picks because of all these deals they made because the deal for Vooch, the deal for yeah. Demar Rosen. So there's pressure to win now in Chicago. Right. So that'll be one of the most fascinating teams, definitely an early season league pass team that, I know everyone's going to be tuned into next up in the central division. We had the Cleveland Cavaliers 22 and 50 last year, but I think at least to me as a better showed some signs of life. I was addicted to this team last year. Um, now the win total is coming in at 26 and a half for next year. So still expect to be a pretty bad team. Bring in Evan Mobley. Jared Allen, Lowry Markinen, Isaac Okoro looks pretty good in summer league. Yep. What do we think of this Cavs team? I mean, they kind of still similarly to the Sabonis Turner question, they have their own Sexton Garland question in the backcourt. Did they try yep. to do the this Lillard McCollum thing, or is that proven not to work? That's kind of an interesting debate. I mean, the Blazers have been in the playoffs many times. Um, Kevin Love. That still needs to be answered. What's going on with him? Yeah. Um, and, and Evan Mobley, really exciting rookie, um, but not really clear what the front court looks like when now with Jared Allen, Lowry Markinen, and a bit crowded. So where are you at with this Cavaliers team? Do they take a step forward this year? I think for them, they're probably sitting in their, in their front office thinking we are a back-end playoff team, if, if I had to guess. I mean, it's kind of about that time for, for this team. It is, right? And I think there's just so much talent on this team that it's time for them to put it together. I, I'm not sold on the head coach of this team. J.B. Bickerstaff is not probably the answer for me yeah, for me this either. roster. <laughs> and uh, number two, defensively, they're going to have to significantly improve because if you kind of go back and look at the numbers last season, they were probably bottoms in the league in all the major categories, whether it was points inside the print, uh, defensive efficiency, um, three-point shooting allowed. I think that's where they're really going to have to improve. I think the one under uh, the one under the radar trade that they or the guy that they acquired 
Ricky Rubio, and I'm not saying that he's going to get a lot of significant playing time, but I think having that type of veteran that can coach and mentor um, guys like Isaac Okoro, guys like Colin Sexton, um, and Darius Garland, I think that's going to be big for having a veteran like Ricky Rubio, Ricky Rubio on this roster. And then you also, like you mentioned, Zach, uh, they acquired uh, marketing on this uh, on this team. Now there's kind of a logjam at that that position, but you know Larry Nance Jr. has now gone to the Portland Trailblazers, and then yep. you added um, free agents, a couple guys that you know can make an impact. And obviously, you have Evan Mobley and Jared Allen in the middle of your front court. So um, I like what the 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 rim protection that they're going to have with those two guys. It's just on the perimeter are, are these young guys like Colin Sexton, Garland, and Okoro going to be able to buy in uh, on the defensive end? They do have a very professional team I mean, in terms of their rotation between the starting five with Garland, Sexton, Okoro, um, probably Mobley and Jared Allen. Um, then off the bench, you still have Lowry Markin, you have Chetty Osman, you have yeah. Ricky Rubio, like you said. So a very legitimate eight-man rotation. And that's kind of surprising when you look at this win total. It seems a little bit low to me. Um, now, the question is, can they kind of – can they take the next step as a franchise the- – to me to yeah. really starting to you know push towards that back end of the playoffs or or is this kind of still a rebuild is, is this still kind of a fledgling rebuild this is a team that i thought felt like a back end playoff team last year but then you look up and they had the third pick in the draft to get evan mobley um and they're kind of are they starting back over now you have jared allen locked in for five years colin sexton is a guy whose name's been hot in trade rumors be interesting to see what they do with him because I really do like uh, the idea of, of Darius Garland as a as a spread pick and roll point guard, a guy who can really make things happen with the ball in his hand, shoot off the dribble. I, I like Garland a lot, um, and you bring in Evan Mobley, a guy who people are really high on. So I think there's enough here to go over this win total. Um, it's just a question of are they really pushing all season long, or or are they still a young kind of rebuilding team that can fall off at the end of the season as they look towards next year's draft. Um, but I would I would lean over here seeing twenty six and a half or twenty seven games as the win total. Yeah, and I think Kevin Love already came out and said that he wasn't interested in a buyout with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So he's just you know getting all the money that he can before he possibly moves on or maybe retires. Who knows? We'll see. But my question to you is kind of putting on the spot here: Who's your starting five for this roster? Because there's so much logjam in that front court. Garland, Sexton, Okoro. And Mobley and Allen. I think you, I think you have to start Mobley and then okay. bring Markin in. Bring Markin in as your sixth man. He can replace either. I don't expect Kevin Love to really play for this team. And whether it ends up being a buyout, they obviously still have hopes that they can trade him. But it seems like there's a lot of bad blood here, and they wouldn't have gone out and gotten Laurie Markin. And Kevin Love basically provides that exact same skill set. Um, yeah. Of the, the, the three-point shooting, um, although, you know, obviously not able to defend at this stage in his career. not Lowry Marketing doesn't bring you much in that department either. I would start Mobley at the four, Allen at the five. Okay. You're locked into starting Allen. Obviously, you just paid him five years, $100 million. Yep. Um, And then bring Marketing as your first sub off the bench. Rubio can play with either Garland or Sexton because they're shooting ability. Chetty Osmond can still come in. Lamar Stevens is someone I, I kind of do like as well. So, yeah. And, and Okor- even Garland Sexton Okoro is still pretty small. I, I think Okoro yeah. is maybe, what, 6'5"? He's not, he's not one of these huge 6'10 wings. Right. 
Yeah, and I, and I, it's just funny what the whole Kevin Love situation is that is that creating kind of friction between or creating some awkwardness between within the team and the front office because you know it's going to be hard to find a trade partner for the contract that Kevin Love still has. And obviously, like I mentioned, that he's not interested in a buyout uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, um, you know, again, another team that has a load of talent, but I just feel like I'm going to still lean with the under here uh, just because just the coaching here, it's not something that I want to get behind over this Cleveland uh, Cavaliers team. I think if there is a prop that's going to be offered for the NBA season coming up, you know, if there's a, the first coach to be fired, I think you probably hmm. want to put J.B. Bickerstaff at the front of the line there. That'd be fascinating coming off an early season fire with John Beeline. I guess that was two seasons ago. John yeah. Beeline, former mission coach. I thought that was going to work. I thought, I think, still think John Beeline is one of the greatest coaches I've ever seen. Um, but that one didn't work. J.D. Bickerstaff agreed. Doesn't seem like the long-term solution. Looks like they will be headed towards. See, that, that's what's weird about this win totals. I feel like on the one hand, you see them starting to get better and they're, these guys are getting older yeah. and you maybe think they're going to be a back-end playoff team, but it also feels like their their next head coach is going to be someone that's super young and all about player development, kind of like the guy OKC just hired. That kind of feels more like the direction they'd go in, especially after failing with Beeline, and now Jay Bickerstaff came in as the interim, very not really moving the needle, but that is that anything else on Cleveland? No, that's all I have. Sounds good. Let's take one last quick break here, and then we'll come back and finish it up with the Pistons. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by a big wireless provider, if we learned anything, so there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But they're speaking with them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only by cutting out retail stores. There's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on sweet savings direct to you. For people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered their seven-day money-back guarantee. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash sportsgp. That's mintmobile.com slash sportsgp. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month. Mintmobile.com slash sportsgp. First, brought to you by Odds Crowd. If you haven't downloaded the Odds Crowd app yet, you're missing out. The free roll football contest is taking place on Odds Crowd this year. $10,000 for the best NFL better. Sides are included as well this year. Also, weekly $100 SGPN exclusive contest just for people who have the app downloaded. There's over $30,000 in cash prizes up for grabs across both season-long and weekly contests on NFL and college football. And the boys here at SGPN are all taking part, so you can try to claim bragging rights over us, too. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you track your bets against real odds and lines, much like how you would with any pick-tracking app. The most profitable players rise up the leaderboard, get the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And OzCrowd isn't just fancy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors, free to download, you can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. 
So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com today. Last year, brought to you by the SGPN app. Download and enter your week one NFL picks for a chance to win $100,000. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store, and it gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming back off the break, a team that I am very high on as an organization. <laughs> we will remain to be seen where this team goes in terms of a win total for next season. But the Detroit Pistons coming off a an excellent tank year. They end up with the lottery luck and get Cade Cunningham as the first overall pick. They were 20 and 52 last year. Win total coming in at 25 and a half. In terms of the roster, Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant, those are kind of your main contributors that are back. Bring in Kelly Olinick, get back some of these younger guys who flash for them. Josh Jackson, Hami Diallo, Corey Joseph uh, played well for them. Obviously, a seasoned veteran, Frank Jackson, Isaiah Stewart steps into year two. Um, Saban Lee is a guy who flashed during summer league, uh, and and Cade Cunningham slots into that. So. A team with some guys that can help you win now, Jeremy Grant, Kelly Olenek, and a lot of nice young talent. Where do we see them going with this 25-and-a-half win total, Munaf? Yeah, I think this is another team that we may have some coaching questions, right? And I'm not saying that Dwayne Casey is a bad coach, but when you have a lot of young players, um, I'm not sure if that Dwayne Casey kind of brings in that old-school mentality that maybe these young guys don't buy in. And I'm not saying 100% that – Dwayne Casey's not a head coach in this in this in this league. He certainly is for sure. He proved that when he was with the Toronto Raptors. But um, it, it seems like that he's a more defensive minded head coach. And when you have a lot of young guys like this team does, um, again, we keep on harping about defense because this division had one of the worst defenses between the Detroit Pistons, the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, and and in Chicago and Indiana also in some of the categories that they were bad, but. Uh, Zach, like you mentioned, I mean, this team has a lot of great talent again. And, you know, with Sadiq Bey and, and you know, Jeremy Grant and um, Killian Hayes, a guy that we didn't mention, I'm not as high as him as as some of the other people are on on, on Killian Hayes. But, uh, again, the big, the big thing here is going to be Cade Cunningham as your number one overall pick. So that's definitely going to create excitement for this Detroit Pistons team. I know which way you're going to go, but I kind of have to stay with the under on this team. I, I just need to see them. I just need to see them put it together with all this young talent that they have and, and kind of find that, that mesh with Dwayne Casey. No, I, I actually think I might be going under as well. And you mentioned the, the questions about Dwayne Casey. Now I think that they definitely have a great thing going with their front office and coaching staff, Dwayne Casey, Troy Weaver. Everyone seems really bought in there and the culture okay. seems to be on the rise. And I think Dwayne Casey, and not you didn't say you didn't say anything to dispute that. Dwayne Casey, I think, is great for that aspect of it. Yeah. Now you look at the on-court development, Jeremy Grant obviously thrived last year, as did Sadiq Bay and a lot of these kind of journeyman types like Corey Joseph had a great year and a Dwayne Casey, Frank Jackson. But you do raise a very interesting point. And Killian Hayes really struggled last year. And obviously yeah. he dealt with he dealt with some injuries, but it did not seem like they were in a great position to maximize the development of an on-ball point guard that Killian Hayes was and that Cade Cunningham has a lot of elements of that that we want to see as well. I think we all want to see Cade Cunningham in a Luka Doncic type role. And they they failed in that project with Killian Hayes last year. Yeah. Now they kind of get they get the reset the clock, obviously, because you get a better player, you get the number one pick and you're happy with Cade Cunningham. But 
the Killian Hayes development was not there last year. And, you know, not a guy that I mentioned in terms of the returning piece. I don't, I don't really think he's ready to contribute really struggled in summer league this year. Mm-hmm. Didn't look good at all. And we already saw in summer league that they had issues playing Killian and Cade together. And, and yeah. a lot of times they were running Killian as a, as the point guard and, and then Cunningham as a true wing standing in the corner off of pick and roll. And I just don't think that's the right direction for this team. So whether that's the Dwayne Casey question, we need, I think, a lot of Cade reps on the ball, and I like what they did around him. I mean, having Kelly Olynyk as a pick-and-pop partner, that's going to be great for Cade Cunningham, a, guy, a big man that can space the floor. I mean, there's no better tool for developing a, a young guard like that. Jeremy Grant should really help with as a secondary ball handler. Sadiq Bey, his ability to shoot the ball. So I like a lot of the pieces that this team has, but you run through this Eastern Conference, and I – I haven't. I definitely have gone over on more teams than I've gone under on, and you know, you feel like I kind of like every single team yeah. to be pretty good, except for Cleveland, except for Orlando, except for Detroit. Um, you know, and so the losses have to come from somewhere, and, and right. this is we talked about this a couple times, alluding to this season. How there's probably 26 or 27 teams who think they're going to be good this year. Mm-hmm. This really is the perfect year to go zag and tank. I think um, if you want to really extract the value, because you could be, um, you know, in a really good position to, without doing that much, you know, get to the top of those lottery odds. And, and you know, you look at bringing in talent from next year's draft for Detroit. I mean, there's obviously the upside of getting competitive reps and trying to build, keep this winning culture going. But we saw last year they did a really good job of executing their tank and winning at home, covering a lot of spreads, being competitive, but still getting that number one lottery odds. So I think another another young star piece would be great to insert into here. But So I will go under this win total um, and still think that it can be a successful season for Detroit. Yeah, and I agree with you. I'll, I'll probably go under because <clears throat> outside, I think now that they know that Kate's going to be the franchise uh, mm-hmm. or the face of this franchise for a very long time now, right? And who knows? I mean, if they find a trade for Killian A's, if things don't work out, that might be a guy that yeah. might be on the move. But, um, you know, the NBA talent or the, the college talent and the G League talent or, the, you know, that comes in every single year now, there, there's going to be guys that you can pair with Kate Cunningham to kind of take those next step next steps forward to being a competitive franchise again. But I think for this coming season, that might not be the answer for Detroit. Cause like you mentioned, Zach, that there's going to have to be teams that are going to have to eat some of these L's. And I think Detroit's one of those teams. I think Cleveland's going to be one of those teams. And I think that Orlando magic is going to be one of those teams. Um, Cause you know, teams like Miami, like we discussed that, yeah, that got better. Atlanta's going to be in that conversation again of, of being one of the better teams in the, uh, Eastern Conference. So, you know, I'm not as high on Detroit. Um, certainly the talent is there. I agree with you there, but it's about, you know, putting it together. But just because the Eastern Conference is so loaded with talent from, you know, teams like Milwaukee and Brooklyn and Boston's going to be better, you know, New York's going to be better. Um, Philly might take a step back. Uh, in like we talked about, Indiana, we're high on. So, again, somebody's going to have to eat, eat these L's. And I think that it's going to have to be a, a team like Detroit again this season. Yeah, no doubt about it. Super high in Indiana, you know, coming out of the Central Division and kind of recap there. And I, I think it's, it's interesting. You have a couple guys like a Colin Sexton in Cleveland, a Kobe White in Chicago, a Killian Hayes in Detroit. Young pieces that can definitely, in, in the bigs in, in Indiana, I think there could be some pieces that could definitely be traded um, in this season, some younger guards. So 
that'll be interesting to follow. Anything else in the Central Division, Munaf? No, I think that about pretty much wraps it up, man. I, I think that uh, if at least the four teams after Milwaukee, if they're going to be better, it's going to have to start on their home floor because three out of those four teams all were 10 games under 500 on their home floor. So I think Indiana will probably take that next step as getting back to defending their home floor. But um, again, for Chicago is about putting the talent together for Billy Donovan. And then, you know, where I think we're both expecting Cleveland and Detroit to kind of be, uh, be at the bottoms of this division again. So um, yeah, that's pretty much it for the central division. Uh, Milwaukee is probably going to stay the class of it for a long time. Yes, sir. Great recap today of the central division and some fun teams in this division. I think Indiana is a team that we'll definitely be talking a lot about. I can already tell I'm excited about them. Yep. Uh, we'll obviously keep the Detroit Pistons love going <laughs> and the Chicago and the Chicago Bulls and Milwaukee Bucks are going to be two of the most fascinating teams to watch early in the season. Yep. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are defending champions. So great episode today. Moving off. We're going to people find you on Twitter and obviously uh, you got a lot going this week for football Get to the top of the show, but anything else you want to plug? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. And as always, just find me on the Sports Gambling Podcast, uh, SportsGamblingPodcast.com. I end up dropping all sorts of articles with NFL uh, kicking off this week. And, and I'm sure we're going to be getting into NBA stuff very, very soon. And, you know, we're still chugging along. Had a 6-0 week uh, on the MLB Gambling Podcast. Uh, so, you know, definitely check us out there. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. Football and then NBA is right around the corner. Yes, sir. You can find me on Twitter at NBA Zach B. Follow all the podcasts on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Get the Sports Gambling Podcast Network app. That's the SGPN app. SportsGamblingPodcast.com. And definitely check us out in the Slack channel. Chat with all the DJs. That's at SG.PN slash Slack to sign up. With that, we'll have another show with McKee later this week on Thursday. And with that, let it ride, everybody. Basketball, get it, get it, get me the ball because I'm gonna.